fucking taking a shit. That's what I'm fucking doing. I'm taking, I'm taking a shit. Do you mind? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we're bringing you all of the up-to-date information that we can scour from the internet and give you our unfiltered, unbiased and probably downright controversial opinions on movies that are happening right now. With me is my co-host, my partner in crime, the Robin to my Batman. It's Nightwing. Called. Nightwing Night- to my Batman. Did Nightwing not, like, beat up Batman and run away? Well, Dude. Batman died, and then like one wing took over from Batman, and he was younger, <laughs> more handsome, <laughs> and I hear that he was had an an Irish twing to his look. <laughs> so, so you want to be the I guy? Who... Batman. Oh, Gordon, Professor, uh, Professor, <laughs> Professor Gordon. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to punch the Joker in the faces. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what. I've just been watching Peaky Blinders. I've just smashed in five series of Peaky Blinders in the past, like, three days, so I'm all gypsy. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, very, very good. I love how any, every episode, or excuse me, every season, when a big star comes into it, it's it's a big introduction, very subtly. And it's like we're saying, it, Adrian Brode is here, and we know it's going to be well, a big deal. Do you know what? Do you know what? Funny you used to say this, and we didn't plan this at all, but... I've probably told you this story. Um, Sam Neill is in the first season that was good. of yeah. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, okay. Wait, where's uh, Sam Neill from? Did you know that Sam <laughs> Neill was born in, in a little place called uh, Oma Town in uh, County Tyrone here in Ireland? Okay, yeah, yeah. And he, he was... Uh, <laughs> I'm from Oma! <laughs> <laughs> so immediately... As, as the story goes, Sam Neill's father was stationed over here um as part of a New Zealand regiment of the British Army and he was stationed in County Tyrone and Sam Neill was actually born uh, around uh, the Mellon area uh, just outside of Oma um and he quite he does talk about it quite often as well and he comes he comes back to to Oma you know, every few years uh, to walk around his old homestead and stuff like that there so yeah just wander wander the wander the lanes of Oma just to take in the yeah, scenery so Sam Neill Mega star, I think we can all agree that he's an absolute me- mega star. Like there is no other star who's bigger than Sam Neill. There isn't. Goldblum. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> who else? I, I tell you, who who else have you got famous from your town? Because this is one for you, for me, then. Because we didn't, like I said, we didn't even. We, we're supposed to be bringing you some hot, juicy news, but there's there's one there's one um, other actor now. I, I I don't know if he's. I think he was from Tyrone. Um, I don't know if he was from Omer or not. But do you remember the original Ben Hur? Charlton Heston. With Charlton Heston, yeah. Do you remember yeah. his best friend, the guy who played his best friend, and then they kind of turned against each other? No. Masala, Masala, I think his name was. Anyway, his name was Stephen Boyd, and he was he was from our neck of the woods. I. <laughs> I come for a town in West Yorkshire, and it's one of those towns that you have to drive through just to get to the place where you're going. I don't think there's any reason anybody actually used to go to that town specifically. But um, we, I used to go to the same school and grew up near where Patrick Stewart grew up, 
Who's that? Old Professor X. Who? Well, damn you. You know damn well who he is. He's not Sam Neill. He's oh, not. Is that the ball that Sir Ian hangs around with? <laughs> yeah, I used to go, like I said, I used to go to the same school. I actually met Patrick Stewart. They brought him in one day to meet all the, uh, meet all, uh, all the students and pass on his, uh, his amazing, uh, knowledge to the acting team. And I think the whole I school see... just went nuts for the day because Patrick Stewart was there. <laughs> I see he keeps, uh, reading sonnets on Twitter. Is yeah, is one of them. In is a lo- nothing wrong with this, but he's a lovey. And you've noticed with this, right? With this whole lockdown, you've got some celebrities going fucking insane. You've got some that are just trying to be the voice of the people and all this. And then you've got some that are just. You've got Lloyd Webber. You've got uh, Richard E. Grant diving into the with, with Neil and I quotes every day. I I do I do enjoy Richard E. Grant's with Neil and I stuff. It is good, isn't it? I mean, I, I like, who was it? Who was the other one as well? Yeah, Patrick Stewart was doing a bit. And then I think somebody were doing sort of bedtime stories or something for kids, but they, you, you just know the certain caliber of man that just thinks, I'm well, going to get on Twitter and I'm going to perform. I don't, the world is my stage and I'm, I don't uh, care if there's no curtain. It's, it's Tiko Watiti is doing the, the Roald Dahl movies or the Roald Dahl books. Um, yes. but Sam, Sam Neill again. <laughs> Sam Neill was in Unfamiliar <laughs> People. <laughs> Sam Neill has been doing like mini movies on Twitter, and he's been getting right. other actors to film their parts in their house at, 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 in other countries. So, like, he did one on on Saturday with uh, Helena Bottom Carter. So, uh, yes. so Sam Neill, you know. And is it one of them where anybody you t- say to somebody, "I come from Alma," do they say, "Do you know Sam Neill?" Obviously. Do you know what? Sam Sam Neil probably that's how he starts every single conversation. Tell him about Carter. This is Sam Neil from Oma. Get out. Do you remember my really bad accent in Piggy Blinders? Well, guess why? <laughs> it's, it's all natural. Yeah, I was moved from Oma in a young age, and I had to go down to New Zealand. So hot news, hot hot juicy news. Hot juicy news splashing across your face. Um, Scott Derrickson, who is now be, he's now been freed up from directing the um, Doctor Strange two. Apparently, his vision of Marvel's <laughs> very, vision. Very diplomatic way of saying fired. <laughs> he, him, Marvel decided they weren't going to pay him or tell them where, tell him where they were going to be filming. Um, he's yeah, so he's been fired. Apparently, he wanted to make Doctor Strange two more of a horror. Do you notice with Marvel how it's the exact opposite of DC, where the studio interfered that much? What? <laughs> it's good. No, <laughs> hang on. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Warner interfered in the films that much it's caused them to have to re-release and recut and re-edit one of their own films but yet Marvel interferes so much that they basically say to directors like Edgar Wright and Scott Derrickson no you're not doing what you want follow this template but it works um, I think in another vein yes Marvel tell the directors exactly what they want but I think directors go into Marvel movies expecting that they'll be given a slight wee bit of leeway you know here or there and then as soon as you know the marvel execs and disney execs walk in and go oh no we, we told you from the start no this this is the movie we want and this is the movie that we're going to get yeah well apparently you know, scott wanted to the, sorry on the other yeah. on the other side dc dc seemed to go 
yeah, yeah, let's let's see your vision and yeah, let's go. And then sixteen to twenty weeks into shooting, they go, sorry, no, 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 bye. <laughs> what? It's like uh, Warner take all the footage to an editor and go, what can you get out of all that? And Marvel go, hmm. film this to this script that we've pre-approved. Don't divert from it. Now, obviously, it's been approved with the directors, but I'd love to know what Edgar Wright and the woman that went and did um, Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, mm. and uh, Scott Derrickson had planned for their films that were so off from the formula that they walked away. But, yeah. Well, it kind of strikes me as Marvel didn't immediately go for the, the comic you know, angle. You know, the first lot of Marvel movies had that element of comedy in it, the odd punchline stuff they got there. Yeah. But, you know, early on it was quite serious. You know, first Avenger was serious. You know, Iron Man was serious enough. Uh, Thor was serious. Even the first Avengers movie was quite serious. And then it took kind yeah, of there was... turn. It, it took the Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. They, yeah. And they realised they, they could get away with more oh, comedy than... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, comedy, comedy works. People like the comedy. Let's throw comedy at it. And some movies, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 suffered for me simply because they tried to make it a comedy. It was a comedy first and a Marvel movie second. Um, yeah. you know, Apparently that's James Gunn's, that was James Gunn's baby. That he could go and do that. So his third film apparently is, if you didn't like the second one, the third one is, Unless he's learned <laughs> from being away, I don't it's, know. It's, it's literally just going to be Chris Rock for a, th- a three and a half hour doing stand-up. <laughs> so we've got Scott Derrickson, he's left. Uh, Sam Raimi has been brought in to direct Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. People rave, absolutely rave about Spider-Man 1, 2 and 3. Uh, well, 1 well, hold 2. on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm gonna say you know this. what I'm going to say, so go on. Spider- Me and you seen Spider-Man 2 together in the cinema. We seen that in, in yeah when we're new. Oh, thanks for remembering. We seen yeah. Spider Man in Spider Man Two in the cinema in Carlisle at University. Of course we did. And two thousand yeah. yeah yeah yeah. And I fucking loved Spider Man Two. I thought Spider Man Two was a great movie. You know, only when you look obviously look back at it with glasses of fifteen years of Marvel movies, which were fantastic. Do you mm-hmm. then see part of the flaws and stuff like that there? You know, because Marvel made superheroes relevant, you know, in this latest run, this latest arc of movies. But I really enjoyed, you know, them, the first and the second. I think the third kind of fell into itself a little bit. But I, I actually yeah. enjoyed the first, the second, and second Spider-Man movies. You know, I, so. I enjoyed them. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy pretty much anything. You stick a cape on something, I'll enjoy it. But the... I was, I was never sold on Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, never, for for their for them characters. And uh, Tobey Maguire just, I just, it, it, I just don't like him. So I just don't like the stuff he does. You know, <laughs> all right, sorry no, Tobey. No, no, no. <laughs> Hashtag cancelled. <laughs> no, sorry Tobey, but it, I just didn't think he were right for it. And a lot of people say, oh yeah, it's fantastic. To me, it was one of those. You know, I'm looking like, why is a 30-year-old guy playing a teenage boy? I just, I didn't like his whimpering. And I know it's supposed to be sort of this geeky, nerdy team, but I just think when you see what Tom Holland did with Marvel, anyway, that's the beauty of hindsight. But Spider-Man 2 was great. The first one, it was all right, a bit corny, a bit cheesy. But for Sam Raimi to come now to be doing a horror 
tinged. A non-horror? Is it not supposed to be a non-horror? Well, no, apparently, apparently they want to make it a horror genre film, but not Scott Derrickson horror. He wanted to go all out and say, "Well, let's go for it. Let's let's make it a horror film." So and they kind of. So, so I'm 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 kind of yeah I'm kind of weirded out as as to what they actually want out of the movie because you know have you seen, have you seen Far part? from Home, Spider Man Far from Home. Yeah, I've seen Far from Home. So you, so you know the Mysterio hallucination scenes when he's learnt the learnt about Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. kind of you know kid friendly scary scenes. But apparently Derrickson wanted to really push the rating and everything, but but Sam Raimi, but Sam Raimi's not a kid-friendly horror man. Exactly. So so here's the question: You've got rid of Scott Derrickson because apparently he wanted to go more horror, and you bring in Sam Raimi. Unless they've said we want Spider-Man Two, we don't want Evil Dead. Well, you know, I I I get I get I understand the Sam Raimi, but because he does do horror and comedy really well. You know, because you look at the movies even that that, uh, that Sam Raimi did as horror movies. You know, you got Evil Dead. What was it? Crime Wave. Uh, Darkman. You say Darkman's horror? Yeah, Darkman's Dark horror. Darkman's great. Darkman's great. Yeah. The Frankness? Was that Sam no. Raimi? No, that was Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did He did The Gift, where Katie Holmes got her baps out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Pause this podcast. <laughs> okay, and we're back. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> but like, it, I think the last it was the last horror movie he did was Drag Me to Hell. Yes, was it, what was, it, that was, it, that was the last horror yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, because he, he did he did, he did that he did that Oz Great and Powerful as well. Yeah, that is terrible. I didn't mind it. I, I didn't. just didn't do all for me. But so Sam Raimi um, directing Doctor Strange two. Hmm. If if he's going for the comedy, then I think Doctor Strange needs somebody to bounce off. And if you're having... I know, uh, I know exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly what got, you're going to say. We've got Scarlet Witch. Where's Ivan Raimi? And where's, <laughs> Bruce, and where's Bruce Campbell? Where where are these two legends going to slip into the Marvel Universe? I would not be surprised if Bruce Campbell turns up in it. No. Of course you won't. I wouldn't be totally shocked if Ted, Toby Maguire turns up in it. And maybe yeah. they made that... Yep, there's a lot. There's a lot of rumours that because it's the multiverse, you're going to be travelling to different places. Oh yes, yes. I didn't even click onto that. Ah. And, then, and then one of the rumours online, which I think is fucking, I'm buzzing for that if it comes off, is uh, a Spider Verse, a Spider Verse movie that is Sony's property. So they they've got Tom Holland as Spider Man. You introduce the concept of a multiverse. And then Sony have their own live action Spider Verse film with Andrew Garfield, a new Miles Morales, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that's the that's the dream. Wow. That's the, do you no, know? But that's the dream. No, that's the that's the end point. Apparently, that's where they want to get so, to create a multiverse, so, take them characters, <laughs> and do their own thing. So we'll have old man Spider Man with Tobey. We'll have autistic Spider Man with Garfield, and we'll have. It, come on, you know that's it's very much either he was bipolar or he was autistic. You know, I don't know what Garfield was going for in that Amazing Spider-Man. I've, I've got to admit, yeah, I've I've heard somebody say that before, and they say go and look at it, go and look at the film and oh, how he very much so, very yeah. much so. I mean, you watched he's like he's literally 
it looks like he's Spider-Man should be conflicted all superheroes should be conflicted but he looks conflicted to the point where he wants to rip his head apart and go in two different directions in, in every scene of it and you know it, it was a very very strange performance in, in it was Spider-Man. and just just before there's letters we're in, this is not absolutely not a criticism of Andrew no. Garfield, the, the performance or anybody with autism. Or, it's just the fact that... Or autism, or people on the autism, autistic spectrum, whatever. It was just... That's how I interpreted his, his performance. I've got to admit, when... It could well have been you that t- told me that. But then you think back to scenes of him um, obsessing over what happened to his dad, the the angst and the different emotions and the um, flip-flopping of emotions, the, the sort of roller coaster he goes through. When you told me to look at it through that eyes, so yeah, okay. So um, Andrew Gaff, so we'll write off Andrew coming back then. So we've got Sam Raimi <laughs> doing Sp- Doctor Strange uh, Two. That leaves Scott Derrickson open, mm-hmm. who has been announced yesterday for doing a sequel to Labyrinth, one of the first films that we discussed. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, David Bowie can't be with us this evening. Um, who's your pick? So Scott Derrickson, horror director, doing a kids. Fantasy, dark fantasy. Uh, yeah, not kids. I wouldn't say it's kids. I wouldn't say it's for kids. I'd say it's. I'd say they'd be aiming it. I, it, I think if they got a PG thirteen certificate, they'd be disappointed. There's, well, it's no way going to be. You're talking. It's it's no way going to be more violent, scary, adult than a Marvel film. Not Labyrinth. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put something to you here, right? Okay. Okay, so Charlotte is no longer a man, but it's a woman. Yeah, I, I heard. And, and Zoe Deschanel plays Charlotte. Right, okay. First of all, Zoe is an angel, and she would yeah. be able to succeed in anything. To be honest, right, if you put her on stage with a sack of potatoes, I'd go and watch that for an hour. That'd be fun, but that's, that's just... it, but that's the thing it, because but we're, we you enter into really strange territory now with when it comes to things like labyrinth because Jennifer Connelly's supposed to be fifteen or sixteen in in labyrinth and yeah. David Bowie is, is obviously a thirty something forty something year old man you know so in in that world we're we're led to believe that Jarlath is, is trying to you know bone this girl when we all know and we all understand that it was in Jennifer Connelly's head and she was fucking trapping David Bowie in her head trying to fucking fuck him we all know that now after what I said we all know it I meant, we all I meant know to it. ask I meant to ask you this after the last episode I, when you said it's all in her head was it it's all lie? in her head hang on said, shut the fuck up are we talking all in her head like oh, I've totally forgot one so drop dead Fred that she went out and imagined him as an imaginary friend, or was it she just sat there and imagined it all she, in her headspace? She was acting it out, walking around the house, not knowing <laughs> she was walking around the house, but the labyrinth was all in her head and everything was as it is. So everything was in her head. She was walking around the house like a fucking maniac. She was in the house. Every, everybody was out. Her wee brother was shitting and pissing himself upstairs, you know, and she was, what kind of magic spell do, do? And, you know, and she was imagining David Bowie boning her, you know, and Woggle and fucking everybody else. So, first one I've heard of is that I saw the Zoo Edition album. I saw one person suggest Amy Adams. Hold on, 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 hold
whoa, whoa, whoa. Was He's that Maxwell Rimmer? I saw somebody say that, yeah. Fuck off. I saw Amy <laughs> Adams or Zoe. Oh, no, sorry, excuse me, with a woman. Not with Zoe Deschanel, with a woman. Oh, 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 right, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought somebody was fucking, and, you oh, know, written sorry. in my mind. <laughs> well, um... Sorry, I lost, I say, lost it there for a second, I apologise. One you <laughs> Fuck you, come on, who's thinking the same thing as me? <laughs> Seven billion people on the planet, not one other sorry, person sorry. might consider, not one other person might <laughs> contemplate Zoe Deschanel being given listen, a mid-card promoters <laughs> film. I I apologize. Okay. To Zoe. <laughs> apologize to, to Zoe. Zoe. To Zoe. I apologize for losing it. I apologize to our one Australian listener who's who again oh, has accidentally sorry. stumbled hello. upon the podcast. Sorry, hello to our Australian listener. Sorry, we forgot to say that at the beginning. Hello to our Australian Addy, listener. Paddy Cameron. Paddy Cameron. Hello. <laughs> and I saw another suggestion was uh Lady Gaga. Ah, no. I think, no, I think it'd be too much about her and the costumes and the songs rather than the puppetry. No, but I think it would become more about do you her. Know, do you know who would be good? Well, I've already said who I think, but go on. Who do you think? Well, I think Zoe Deschanel would be okay. Um, but I think definitely it'll be a woman. Definitely it will. Charlotte will be a woman. But how about this? Do we know if Gwendolyn Christie can sing? Hang on. Get on the empire. <laughs> Let me just go tweet Gwendolyn Christie. We'll just Dude, we'll just hold I on for a week sing. too. Gwendolyn, <laughs> Gwendolyn, what you what you like with Danny Boy? Uh, I think Gwendolyn Christie would, could play it pretty well. She's a you know she's a girth of a woman. She's beautiful. You know she's tall. She's a good actor. Two suggestions for you. Okay, Amy Amy Adams. Hmm. Heel turn becomes does a no. evil role. No, Hugh Jackman. No, imagine, no. Imagine no. Hugh Jackman going full I, I, British. You know, no, 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 no. You've got it. You've got. You've nailed that a hundred percent because he would be he would be a producer's choice a hundred percent. But I just imagine him in the role though, going full great showman. Lame is. Belting the songs out himself, cod piece. I know. Vain legged. Huge act. Huge, huge act. Some amazing, some amazing would, wig work. He would love it. He would love he it. Would love I think it it's too fit. much. And no, that, he would love it too much. That, that guarantees you 500 million. That gets the board housewives in. That's what I'm saying. I'm what? going huge act. <laughs> what about Michael B. Jordan? Fuck it. He gets suggested for everybody else. Let's Everything. do Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is Scarface. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Uh, so I have got some news. What you got? Okay. What do you know about Matt Damon? <laughs> uh, okay. Matt, tell me a bit about you. No, he's not here. What you? And I know he wrote. Uh, he won an Oscar. Ben Affleck won for won one for Fatin, and that's about it. What you got? Okay. You never hear. You never hear that. When they no, were writing Goodwill Hunting, apparently, apparently when they were writing Goodwill Hunting, I, I don't know the full story. And some Ben Affleck stands going to write and go, "What do you say against Ben Affleck?" Um, apparently, he contributed not as much to the script as Matt Damon, 
And I think one of the key things that Ben Affleck actually got into the script was the farting gag at some point where Ben Affleck suggested he break wind. And uh, there was a there was something I read that a lot of people were saying, oh, Ben didn't deserve it because Matt Damon did the legwork on that. But hey-ho, it was a good film. Robin Williams, R.I.P. So that's mm-hmm. all I know about Matt Damon. Okay. Do you know <laughs> where Matt Damon is right now? <laughs> Let me just open find my phone. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Sorry. Well, Matt Damon is in Ireland. Right. Been, okay. Is he an Oma? He he's not an Oma. Him and Sam oh. Neill have never met. I don't <laughs> think. Um, he has been living in a town called Dalkey, just outside of Dublin, and he's been yeah. living there since since mid March. Right. So he's obviously been here during the the pandemic, yeah. um, and he got stuck here for due to the travel restrictions. And he decided obviously that it was safer for him and his family to remain uh, in in Southern Ireland. So they've been in Southern Ireland since mid March. Now it. Be- it became like a local kind of uh, myth, and it became everybody's like, "No, Matt Damon is not, not 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 in Ireland." And then about mid-April, pictures started emerging of him with like uh, super value bags, you know, walking around, <laughs> you know, walking like around. Like the Crystal Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. And he then this whole kind of thing erupted down south about, you know, is Matt Damon actually? In Ireland, is he actually in Dalkey? You know, what, what, where does this come from? And all these radio presenters decided to try and hunt him down and say, you know, is he here? And, and, and he was, and he graciously went. Yeah, he graciously went on the radio uh, and explained obviously why he was in, why he was in Dalkey. Did, did he do the thing like when a shamed politician has all the press on his doorstep? Did he come out with a tray of mugs of tea? <laughs> I can just imagine Matt Damon coming down with mugs of tea for the journalists outside, just handing them out, going, "Hey, morning, guys, morning, everybody." Well, apparently, apparently he's been having a whale of a time, you know, and I think it, it's fitting today that we mention it simply because I think, you know, it was reported yesterday uh, that there was a few local, you know, bakers and butchers and stuff in, in Dalkey that have posted up saying, you know, that the, the demons came in and said goodbye and, you know, things like that there. So they obviously were, were, were going to be heading home at some point. Um, but I think it's nice. I think it's nice that, you know, it is. It a, is. a big massive star can come over to a wee tiny wee town just outside of Dublin and stay there and, you know, go unnoticed, not get hassled, you know, just be completely anonymous, you know, and, and just be a genuine person, just be a genuine man. Have you heard the one about Nicolas Cage? He's got a house in Bath. Or okay. if you're from a part of the country which puts R's in your word, Bath. Bath. Uh, apparently Nicolas Cage lives near Bath. And there's uh, okay. there's numerous sightings of Nicolas Cage or out and around Bath just coming out with like W H Smith bags under his <laughs> just out and about in Bath for a walk around. I've I've read that before that apparently he lives that he lives there or near there and it's one of those local myths. But yeah, showing the pennies, showing the playing playing the the giant chess set on his own in the park just really against himself. <laughs> Mm.
This week's episode is uh, very different. Usually we talk about movies or a different genre era. We're making wheel out of movies, as we say we always do. Uh, this week's a bit different. What we've done this week is um, we've gone down James Cameron's rabbit hole. Now, before... <laughs> <laughs> now for you smuts, smuts at the back. Um, this is the internet rabbit holes. This is something you introduced me to, um, wasn't it, Cormaniac? And... This is where you spend those uh, lonely lockdown nights on the internet, stuck with your face in a screen, and you pick a subject, and from there you only follow uh, the stories, the links, you follow the websites that come up, and just go with it. Just try and find something new, find new stories that you've not heard before, find a bit of information, or and just have a bit of fun with it. Use the internet for what it was. One of my um, teachers in design and technology, uh, Mr. Sullivan, back in whatever it was, uh, it says 95% of the internet is just pornography and useless information, and the other 5% is pointless. So uh, yes, we, <laughs> I totally agree with them. So I found some useless information. It's not useless actually. These are so I've I found odd bits of stories and stuff and a few facts and I just thought we'd have a bit of a crack and see if we can, as you say, crack an egg and knowledge on each other. Yeah, crack so what, egg and knowledge all over So we started with James Cameron. What have you got? Where did you start? What what did you find? Okay. Well, can I first say that it's not a good rabbit hole unless you find a Nazi element to it. <laughs> right, okay, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that rule. I did, uh, uh, yes, no, 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 no. I have broken my own rule. Is that the same with pornography? I I, <laughs> of course, of course. It's, it's not good unless there's a Nazi element to it. <laughs> but usually a good rabbit hole, you know, fall down, uh, it usually ends in looking up stuff about, you know, Nazi hunters or, you know, uh, you know I, I won't mention anything else, whatever. Right. You're, anyway. Sorry, can I just say, you're saying that, and I watched Peaky Blinders this afternoon, and I clicked on the series, and I thought, who's this Oswald Mosley they keep talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ, oh, I was, I was oh, reading about him live after ten minutes. Christ on a bike. So, yeah, I fully get where you're coming from. But anyway. It does. It, yeah, it does. Anyway. But anyway, so our start point was James Cameron. So my my first divulgence into that was simple. You know, I... I love the original Terminator. So I was like, all right, so I'm just going to go Terminator. So bang, Terminator, I hit it. So something that I never knew, um, James Cameron sold the rights uh, for the Terminator uh, before it was made, obviously, for $1 to his future wife, uh, Gail Hurd, uh, on the specific condition that he would be directing it. Okay. So he missed out on millions but he missed out on millions as a producer and having a you know a, a creator's credit you know for, from that um, was and he sold the it, also going was this, it was just so I think it was yeah really? yeah okay. I think it, I think he put he put it down to um his his original Hollywood education or something like that you know he he paid the price or uh, it, it was sorry it was the cost of a Hollywood a Hollywood education and right, you know okay. to get to give it away uh, you know but you know, I'll I'll say what I'm going to go on to next, and I'll let you sorry do your first. But that kind of led me on to you know passed up ideas or or things that were given away or or things that kind of lost out because okay. people didn't agree with them. Okay, so what was well, your first? I um I found I was reading about his films and uh, ended up on the set of Titanic. Now, okay, 
there's lots of stories about the filming of Titanic. Have you ever heard of the story of the um, poisoning on set? No, go for it. So, uh, last day of filming in Nova Scotia. So these were the, these were the present day scenes with Bill Paxton and the 98 year old woman and everyone freezing their asses off on a ship in the middle of the night while she's telling them the story. And towards the end of the night. a fucking hundred million dollar diamond in the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so during the night, everyone suddenly started feeling, um, woozy. And by the end of it, they were all in hospital. And what, it was August the 8th, 1996, cast and crew were there, the, the, uh, James Cameron was there, producer John Landau, various other people, including Bill Paxton, and there was the catering that you normally have on set. And in that catering was some chowder. Now, some people say it was like clam chowder, lobster chowder. Chowder! I don't even know what chowder is. Is it just like thick soup or something? Is it like hum? Like, I don't... It's, it's like a gumbo. It's like fish and stuff like that there that's, that, that's all kind of thrown in together. Clams and fish and things like that. Well, somebody else decided to put PCP into it. <laughs> Cameron said right. he was uh, stabbed in the face with a pen by a crew member. Uh, <laughs> and he was just sitting there laughing and bleeding in the face. He could take it. He could take it. He could take it. He was stabbed in the back with Terminator. He got stabbed in the face. Um, <laughs> by the end of the night, they were all in hospital doing a conga line through the emergency department. Um, and yes, basically somebody on set on the last night of film, the 98-year-old woman, um, <laughs> she's famous, but she, oh, Gloria Stewart, 76-year-old, 98, Jesus, 76-year-old. She had her own catering. She was eating her own, uh, her own packed lunch, so she was fine. But yeah, pretty much the majority of the staff that had, uh, that it, on the last night of filming for Titanic, were all um, spiked with PCP and ended up stabbing each other and doing conga lines. <laughs> I've never even heard that story before. Um, apparently, James Cameron thinks he knows who it was. It was somebody the day before was pissed off at the catering department, ended up getting sacked, and he snuck back on set the next day and apparently spiked the chowder for everyone with PCP. Um, so, like, yeah, I've never even knew that that. That, that. that would be a felony, like, in America. Yeah. You know, that could be a, a, a significant, <laughs> significant deal yes. Though Cameron has never, I am quoting, <laughs> I'm quoting Vanity Fair. Uh, good, though good, Cameron, good man. Good. Always, your always sources, give your sources. Always, always give your sources. sources. Though Cameron, though Cameron has never named a suspect, he's pretty certain he knows who did it. We had, uh, we had fired a crew member the day before because, uh, because they were creating trouble with the caterers. So we believe the poisoning was this idiot's plan to get back at the caterers, whom, of course, we promptly fired the next day. So it worked. It was Bill Paxton. Never, never knew that. I can imagine Bill Paxton, con- God rest his soul, con- conga lining <laughs> up and down. You know what? It'd be like, we're all, uh, oh, no, I'm not going to say that, but basically I brought my own. <laughs> it's me in there with Matthew McCogney. The- so, yeah, never even knew that. Apparently, in the last days, uh, never knew that. Biggest never knew that story. There was, um, they were all dust up. So you went on to, what was it, sorry? So yeah, no, it just got me thinking. It got me thinking of, of, of movies that were passed up or, um, you know, ideas that were passed up. So that kind of got me down a re rabbit hole of, uh, of them kind of movies. So the first one that I looked up was Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction yeah. was, was put down as being too demented. Um, the the worst thing that was ever written. These are from from some of the producers. Yeah, um, makes no sense. Um, they couldn't understand why somebody was killed and then came back. 
And can I just say they said all this? They said all this about the Justice League as well. <laughs> they said all this about the Justice League. <laughs> uh, they said it was it was too violent and unfilmable. Um, so then it went then me on to Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg and George Lucas, and Harry they Ford. found it. Yeah, but they found it hard to raise money for it, and it was passed over by every single studio. Um, it was known as Indiana Smith, before it was known as Indiana Jones. Right. Um, okay. And then Paramount took uh, the punt on it, and it ended up making $400 million. Yeah. Uh, the next one down that was Usual Suspects. So they, again found it really weird that the narrative was shifted around and that this, you know the start was near enough the end and the end was a start and things like that um, they couldn't get any financing in America so that's why they had to turn to, to European backers. The American producers were completely bamboozled by, by the story and that's why Brian Singer that's why Brian Singer was only given a £6 million budget because some of them thought that he wouldn't be able to actually make a coherent story out of it um, but the one, the, the one that I went kind of down a wee bit more was Back to the Future. So right. the first one, the, was the first one, the original Back to the Future. So it was passed up because studios couldn't decide either it was too sexual uh, or too cheesy. So yes. Disney, Dis- <laughs> yes, yeah, it was. So Disney, yeah, so la la. Disney passed up on <laughs> Disney passed up on it because of the whole kind of uh, incest mummy son kind of scenario. Um, but then other oh, people, uh, yeah, but other studios then went, no, it's too cheesy, and kind of overlooked the whole kind of incest kind of <laughs> element. Yeah, so some people, uh, some people had a problem with it. Some people didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Spielberg then obviously finally got his hands on it and it was made by Amblin. Um, and the original name for Back to the Future was Spaceman from Pluto. Right. Was it? Uh, yeah, one of the producers sent this to Spielberg and Spielberg sent him a message back basically going, you know, this is the stupidest fucking line that I've ever heard in my life. You know, what are you talking about? And then he never heard from the guy again. So and then when it obviously came back, it was called Back to the Future. Um, but then, yeah, so that kind of got me down another rabbit hole, as in movies that had different names. So oh, I'll, yeah. let you do your sec- I'll let you do your second one, and then I'll okay. go to my third. Well, I was, um, I was looking at, I was on the Titanic rabbit hole then. I was, I was looking at down all the sort of documentaries they were doing and James Cameron were doing. And I came across, so to speak, Violet Jessup. Have you ever heard of Violet Jessup? I have not, sir. She was born in Argentina to Irish immigrants, uh, William and Catherine Jessup. Of Jessers. course. Of course uh, she was. I, 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 the I, Irish I, thing. Irish hearts are smiling. Um, no, 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 not that. You know, you know Che Guevara's grandfather was Irish? <laughs> was he from Oma? It wasn't from Oma. <laughs> Sam Neill. He used, used, used to babysit Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. Sa- che, Guevara, che Guevara's uh, grandparents were from Ireland. Lynch, Lynch, I think their original name was. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fucking true. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Rebel Hearts. Rebel Hearts. Rebel, Rebel Hearts. But uh, Violet. Um, so, uh, 1911, she started working on the RMS Olympic uh, luxury cruise liner. 
and it left port on the 20th September, and it collided with the British warship. No fatalities, uh, but the, the ship got back to port. So that was all right, yep. wasn't it? So Violet then boarded the RMS Titanic. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, that journey didn't up, end up too well. She ended up on a lifeboat holding somebody else's baby and then got on board the Carpathia. Um, where that baby was snatched out of her arms by a stranger and she was never seen again. So somebody dumped a baby in her arms. She got Jeez. on the life. She got off the Titanic the next morning, was picked up by the Carpathia. Um, the baby that she was holding, um, somebody ran up and took it out of her arms and, and ran off. Um, so then during the First World War, um, she was a stewardess for the British Red Cross. And in 1916, she was on board the HMHS uh, Britannica. Can you guess what happened to that? Got blown up by the fucking Germans. It was um, an unexplained explosion in the Aegean Sea. Um, Diving wreck found it. Uh, It sank within 55 minutes. Jessup managed to get off board, uh, off into a lifeboat, but then had to get out of the lifeboat because the propeller was dragging the boats towards it. The propeller then struck her head, gave her a fractured skull, which was only found out about about 20 years later. After that, so she was on one boat, collided, got back to port. She was then on the Titanic, survived, got into a lifeboat, lost a chi- lost somebody else's child, got on another boat during the war, fractured skull from the propeller, survived. She then went back to work for White Star. And then joined she, the boat. she spent the rest <laughs> of her life on boats. Um, she was often called the Miss Unsinkable and she died of uh, heart failure in 1971 at the ripe old age of 83. I thought you were going to say <laughs> I thought you were going to say their name was Pro- Propeller Betty. All <laughs> <laughs> surgeons were laughing behind the back. Uh, but apparently, the thing with the baby um, somebody rang her one day, rang her up one day but many years after all this was like, into the 60s or something and said I was that baby and she told the journalist this and the journalist just thought it was a prank caller and she said, I'd never told anybody that somebody gave me a baby. Never once did I tell anybody. So the 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 myth is that all them years later, that baby found the woman on the Titanic and rang her. It might have just been a tell-on. But that is um, the unsinkable um, Violet Jessup. I thought that was a great story, that from the Titanic. You know, you read about all these people that lost their lives. And you just got yeah. one that just keeps on getting on boats, keeps on getting into um, aquatic uh, maritime accidents, uh, and she keeps on fighting and keeps on moving forward. So no, that was a good that was a good one to find that. But that's insane. That's, Anna? That, that that's just insane. What a life! What an absolute life! And she just kept like I said, she kept getting on boats, kept working. They kept Get sinking. The fuck off boats. But even after all that, even after you've been on three boats, if, if one boat I was on was possibly sinking, I would not get back on them for the rest of my life, let alone get back on another two. See, I like boats. I like I like sea seafair planes. On the other hand, if if I was if I was in any way a, a plane mishap or if we had went through terrible terrible turbulence there is a chance that i would never walk on a plane again i was coming back from new york how was it going this was back in 2006 the the first time i went to new york and uh just thought i'd drop that a little now but we were coming back flying into heathrow and i tell you what it was only like the fourth time i'd ever been on a plane and the turbulence was 
fucking horrendous. Absolutely horrendous, and I was shitting myself. You finally land, um, bouncing all the way down the runway. And then we had to get on another plane all the way back up to Glasgow again. I, was, I didn't want to get in. I had to get boozed up. No, I would have just given up at that point. I would have just fucking fell asleep at the airport. I'll get a, I'll get a taxi back. I'll get a taxi yeah. back. <laughs> so, part number three. Um, so, movies are the different names. So, obviously, Back to the Future had the uh, Spaceman, Spaceman from Pluto. So, I've got a couple of, of starter ones. Now, this isn't part of the quiz, but this is a part of some movies that had different names and then the movies cha- the movie names changed, okay? Okay. So, Long Night at Camp Blood, Friday the 13th. I thought that was interesting. Yep. Um, this is a great one. Teenage sex comedy that can be made for under 10 million that most <laughs> most readers will probably hate, but I, I think you will love. American uh, Pie. Yeah, I was just gonna. That, I was gonna. Yeah. <laughs> that was the original movie. That was the original name for American Pie. Um, so right. So here goes. Here starts the quiz. Okay. Okay. So okay. What 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 movie started off life as three thousand, and it wasn't three hundred. All right. <laughs> uh, three thousand. Three thousand. No, gone. Okay. It was Pretty Woman. $3,000 was the original payment between Richard Gere and, and Julia Roberts. So within the time frame of the movie being made, they got the rights to uh, Pretty Woman, the Roy Orbison song. So they thought, let's just, let's just change the name to, to Pretty Woman. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, we've got that. But there's one line and prostitutes is a line that we will not cross. Go on. <laughs> So, Pacific Air Flight 121. Um, Pacific, Pacific Air. Air Flight 121. Give us the year the film came out, or the, the rough the rough time it came out. R- rough guesstimate would probably be around 2007, about 2010. Um, nah, Pacific Air Flight would. Snakes on a plane. Oh Christ! Of course, right? Okay. So uh, it was changed back at the request of Samuel L. Jackson because he said that the name was the only reason that he signed up to do the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally Snakes on a Plane, then they changed it to Flight Air Pacific Flight Air One Two One, and then Samuel L. Jackson was like, "Well, no, fucking change it." That's back. why I'm doing. That's why I'm doing it. There's only one reason I've flown out to you to do this fucking film. Oh my! Yeah. Have you seen it? Have you seen Snakes on a Plane? Do you know what? Do you know what? I haven't. I haven't seen it. It looks like one of those where somebody came up with a great title for a film and then just filled the rest of it in. It, yeah, it is. It is daft. Um, it won't have. It won't have become a fifteen or PG R rated, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, without Samuel Jackson in it because they went back and did reshoots, adding all the. Um, motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane lines because the fans were absolutely outraged that Jackson wasn't going to be swearing in it. <laughs> right. So here's the third one Star Beast. Star Beast. Flash Gordon. No. One more go. Star uh, Beast. Star Beast. Not Godzilla. Cloverfield. No. no. Right, go Alien. 
Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And Dan O'Bannon, the original screenwriter, he never liked the name, so it was ne- he, he was always wanting to change the name of the movie. Um, I'm surprised. And then he realized at how many times that he'd written the word alien in the script. <laughs> that he changed it. <laughs> and it worked. But it works so well. It works so well. But, you know you know what, love? Do you... Do you really need to go through that script again? Yeah, I've just realised not once do I mention Star Fucking Beasts. Any... Yeah, Star Beasts. Yeah, uh, it is a much I... better name. <laughs> Number four, Head Cheese. Ah, uh, know this one. Okay, go for it. No, I don't. No, I don't. Is it something like Be- not Beverly Hills Cop? No, 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 no. Far from it. Way, way, way. So the other one is Head Cheese. Is Who's Yours? Is it something to do with Kevin Smith? No, nothing. Okay, I ain't got a clue. Then. It's it's a it's a horror movie. I've heard of it before. Oh, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Probably one of the most famous horror movies ever made. Evil Dead. No, is that where I've heard of Margo. Margo. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Uh huh. So there's apparently no reason that's that's been put down other than there's a line in it. And it is, uh, you get a dinner with us, uh, my brother makes good head cheese. Right, okay. So apparently that's a line in the movie. I can't remember it at all, but there you go. I can't. Uh, I, watched, I, I watched that, <laughs> I watched that again the other day. It is, ah, uh, you feel dirty watching it. The original. The first, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's some movies it's, that do that, but there's some, there's some movies that do that to me that, uh, uh, like, well, I think when we were speaking about, um, the visual effects in some of the what movie was it was hard to duck that I felt really uncomfortable no Superman it was Superman Superman quest for peace right because it was so it was so low budget that I started actually fearing for the stuntmen yes and you kind of got that same kind of vibe from Texas Texas Massacre you know it's kind of was raw and real it was kind of like oh god um number five number five is the last one Number five is the last one, okay? Okay. A boy, a boy's life. E.T. Oh, well done. I knew well that. done. Yeah. So boy, a boy's now, life for E.T. and Blue Harvest for Star Wars. They're the two that. Yeah. <laughs> the two that I can always yeah. remember. So, so this kind of th- that was the last one. So th- Spielberg was a protective of the script. So he made all the actors. Um, Read it behind closed doors, and the the movie was changed. Obviously, the name from A Boy's Life to E.T. So that kind of led me down another hole in movie titles. Yeah, and I was like, all right. So I kept thinking to myself, uh, movie titles of of of, of uh, pre production movie titles, and I thought, no, that's not really that interesting. And then I thought, bad movie titles. <laughs> okay. So I'll leave I'll leave it there. Right. Okay. Well, all right, two little quick ones for you. Have you seen 1917? I haven't. Okay. Um, pretty controversial opinion here, but it was just a very expensive student film to me. It, anyway, uh, I, it looked fantastic. Technically, it was very well made, but for me, I but, need more of a film. Every, yeah, every movie looks great nowadays. Because no, computers this, can, yeah, computers yeah. can make anything happen. The spe- but the special, you can tell the difference between certain CGI. And for 1917, when they are actually there filming scenes in the trenches or what have you, and they've actually built these sets, 
it looks very impressive. And the single take gimmick is just that. It's a gimmick to me. It didn't add anything to the story. Anyway, so I wasn't taken aback by it. But I, was I it, was sorry, really... sorry, 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 can we go back to that? Was it 1917 all single, single take? Um, well, it, it was the single take effect. I don't know what oh, the word is for it. It, the cut, they did, you know, the cut, you know, the typical sort of, uh, where the camera's panning down and they pass by, um, a, a, a beam or a cory, um, a cupboard or something yes, in yes. of the camera. Yeah, 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 I get it. The cut, cut, yeah, I get that's, it. that's how the, the cut on all that. But apparently there was one scene, you know, one single take in it that was about eight minutes long and it looked fantastic. Roger, I think it was Roger Deakins doing the cinematography, but no, it, it, on screen, you know, you, you, the palette, the CGI, the the setting, the technically everything that built up was very impressive. But I've never watched it since. I went and saw it the first day it came out. I've never watched it since, just because it did absolutely nothing for me. I'd I'd prefer to watch a decent story with like Saving Private Ryan without the single take thing. When you spend more time mm-hmm. trying to position your cameras and rehearse rather than, I mean, yeah, the, and people will argue to the bloke this there was a story, but it, it wasn't. It was a it was a side quest for a video game. But anyway, um, at the end of that film, I'm not going to spoil anything, but at the end of that film, there is a shot of a majestic oak tree. Uh, it's in Shropshire, I think, where they did the film in Salisbury. Um, apparently, during that, it's, it's a very poignant moment in the film where one of the characters takes a moment to reflect back on what's just happened, you know, both emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, One extra um, who was interviewed claims that that spot was often used as a makeshift toilet for 300 extras on the day. They were unaware that the film stars (laughs) would be using it as a leaning post during a tender moment. (laughs) So the extra was quizzed. Uh, Actor Peter Shepard, who worked as an extra on the film, laughs as he recalls, there's an old oak tree just around the end. I don't know if it was from uh, Leeds or not, but there was an old oak tree just around end of the film. There must have been about 100 extras pissing against that tree throughout the day as the toilets were so far out. No one told us the actor would be sitting under it at the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I cannot watch that film now without thinking that that guy's been sitting in 300 uh, extras worth of piss. Pissy, and pissy, pissy arse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pissy arse. Um, hey, I've got another one. To say that one. Quick, quick quiz question for you. I was on, I'm, I was on a bit of a war theme, so quick quiz yeah. question. Oh. What or what was the shortest ever war? And bonus points for who did it involve? Shortest ever war. Would you, yeah? Would you like to uh, do it? Go for it. Eighteen ninety-six. Right. Okay. Now. I know that there was. Has it anything to do with Canada? No. All right, I'm fucked. Right, I'll tell you the story that I know anyway. Did you know <laughs> that, there was, that there was a bunch of Irishmen that once tried to invade Canada and who declared <laughs> ca- war on Canada uh, and crossed the border in New York and it was quelled within like an hour or two and <laughs> they were all arrested um but they irish ireland ireland declared war on canada through through new york um, that was the that was the official i'm trying to take you on at war kind of thing 
there were yeah, official yeah. flavor. I think it was the 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 Irish the Royal or the the Irish National Foresters or something like that there of New York, and you know <laughs> they didn't obviously agree with you know Britain's occupation of Canada, and then obviously Britain was occupying Northern Ireland as well, so they decided yeah let's fucking attack Canada yay and and about fifty fifty drunk boys. Crossed at Niagara, <laughs> <laughs> Ireland. So Ireland declared war on Canada, and then the Canadian army, like basically, just fucking hit them all with sticks and put them in prison because they were all yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all behave, yeah. No, but that's that's all I know. Though, sorry, go for it. What's what was no, the shortest well, war? The shortest war, apparently, according to the internet, is the Anglo-Zanzibar War for Anglo-Reed British. Um, it was on the twenty seventh of August, eighteen ninety six. The Is conflict... this going to be some pro-British crap from you? <laughs> the conflict lasted between 38 and 45 minutes. Apparently, and this oh. is why... Apparently, yeah. you're, going to be, you're going to be shocked <laughs> to learn the British wanted to put one of their own interested parties in the head of the country. The locals said, um, no, we don't want some of that. Basically, 2,000... No, sorry, excuse me. 500 were killed um, on the Zanzibar side. Two boats sunk. One British sailor wounded. 48 minutes, uh, 38 minutes, the world's shortest ever war. And that was not a pro-British thing. If, you, if, I, if I could be bothered going into the full story, I would have slated what we've done around the world. Have you seen what's uh, James Acaster's comedy special where he talks about um, the Brits who have gone around the uh, world? Uh, if you've watched it on Netflix, uh, it's... Uh, uh, uh. I haven't, but I've I've listened to. If anybody out there uh, uh, listens to us, I would suggest to listen to a podcast called Behind the Bastards uh, by a journalist called Robert Evans. Um, he used to write for for Cracked uh, and Vice, and he does okay. uh, a lot of really really in depth uh, podcasts, uh, funny really funny podcasts into just basically bastards from around the world um, and one of his podcasts uh, is well a lot of his podcasts are about people who are involved in the colonization of, of Africa specifically you know Belgium and, and, and Britain um, in that kind of uh, region um, Congo Tanzania you know this is the guy it's, it's, it's very very interesting um, anybody would seem to want to revise their history uh, by by listening to the podcast, uh, it's very very it's 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 so horrible. You know when you learn things like um, you know Belgium gave bullets to their soldiers for every hand that they sent back to Belgium. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. So okay. there was a point. There was a point in the Congo where genetically. People were were being born with one hand smaller than the other because of the amount of hands that the Belgians cut off the the people in the Congo. Like that's fucked up. If it's bad enough for Billy Joel to put it into his uh, into one of his songs, then it must be bad. We did, was it? We didn't start the fire because that's the Billy <laughs> yeah, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> no, something, something about the way you look. Piano man chops off the hands <laughs> in the Congo, and he sends and them. Billy's in the corner chopping up Congo people's hands. <laughs> oh, Billy, calm down. <laughs> Chop me a hand, you're the Congo oh, man. Right, have you got, have you got, what's your last one? Okay, so, (laughs) 
Because I this better be good. Because I've got I've got a great one for the. Mine's along the same theme, so yeah, this better be good. This better be this good. Good. This better. I'm going to strap myself in. Okay. Right. So movie titles. So bad okay. movie titles. Okay. So there was a, there was a few of them, and I only wanted to pick out a couple. So I wanted to pick out five. <laughs> so right. Number one was a movie from 1954 called Pfft. Pfft. Did you get that? Sounds like you're blowing your nose. Pfft. Pfft. P-F-F-F-T. P-H-F-F-F-T. So, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was uh, apparently it was a romantic comedy. Um, imagine imagine going out... That was a romantic... Imagine taking a date out. Imagine going out for a night of romance with a lady friend. And then you get to the counter <laughs> yep. and there's a young young work experience kid behind the counter at the uh, cinema. What will it be? <laughs> or, I thought I, I thought even worse than that. Imagine you're taking a girl out, you get to the door and you go, what are we going to go see? <laughs> no, but what, but what are we going to go see? <laughs> right. Okay, sounds good. What, what are we going to go fucking see, though? <laughs> ah! <laughs> Uh, Not again. So we went the, through this last week. <laughs> so the next one was <laughs> Quixer Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. Say that again. Quixer Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. No. Okay. I I I couldn't find anything on that. <laughs> <laughs> So instead of bringing instead of bringing a bit of information about an actual film, you've just basically said a name or you're just making your own film titles about it. No, it's Pig, a fucking movie. It's a fucking movie. Pigby's running down the hill on a sledge. Uh, Gene, Wilder, Gene, Gene Wilder, the fucking the man, the, the legend, Gene Wilder, isn't it? So right, oh, I must I'm fucking looking it up because I had too much to do today. All right, well, <laughs> I look after James. All right, go fuck yourself. All right. Um, Number three. They're not his own kids. What? He keeps it. <laughs> right. Chud. <laughs> Chud. I remember Chud. Is that from eighty mid-80s? C-H-U-D. 84. C-H-U-D. Is Cannibalistic it? humanoid underground dweller. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Chud. Uh, right. Number four. Leonard Part 6. <laughs> so apparently, I've never seen it. Uh, it's a spy movie with Bill Cosby, um, and he, he he turns into somebody who owns restaurants, and he right. starts battling. He starts battling a battle with a vegetarian trying to take over the world uh, with a magical meat <laughs> given to him by a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> but the title of the movie has absolutely no reference. Has absolutely no reference to what actually happens in the movie. <laughs> I always love those ones. I always love those ones where it's absolutely nothing to do. With it. It's just like chud. Yeah, there you go, chud. Yeah. So, number five. Right. Yeah, this is okay. this is this is where the rabbit hole started for me. So it's a it's a movie called Fart, the movie. Right. Is this a kids' film so, or an adult's film or in your uh, head film? It, it's a comedy. Um, the tagline is Russell loves to fart. <laughs> he- Heather hates farting. <laughs> a love story. <laughs> 
so it was made it was made in ninety one. Um so I, I kind I kinda delved down the rabbit hole and K surprise there's two movies called Fart the movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the now this is something that I don't even know if it's true or not, but apparently the original Fart the movie Kesha Kesha is K- K-E-Dollar-H-A-Kesha. K-E-Dollar-H-A-Kesha is in this movie. And now this was made in 1991. Now, uh, there was a few, like, screen grabs of a young girl in a movie, so you can't really tell if it's her or not. Like, But, you know, she is in the INDB. She is, you know, part of this mythology of this movie. But then I started looking, (laughs) I started looking into, obviously, fart the movie a little bit more. And then there was another, there was another fart the movie made. And what I want to do now is I want to play the audio from the trailer for you, okay? (laughs) Go on then. (laughs) Okay. So obviously you're not, it's not, this is obviously a non-visual medium. So it's going to be hard to figure out what's. What's the name, what's the name of this film? Uh, Fart, (laughs) F-A-R-T, the movie. The movie, okay. This is not, right, go on ahead. So this is this is this is the remake. <laughs> God, I hate right. reboots. I hate doing a reboot of a perfectly good yeah, film. When, it, when the when the original's good enough, why do you even bother? <laughs> right. So I'm gonna play the audio of the trailer of the <laughs> remake. So just just close your eyes and let let the fart waft over you, okay? Artie is just your typical college loser. Come on in here, you smelly bastard! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking for love. Why do all the beautiful girls go out with such dicks? With one little problem. Your son is a fart. Pull my finger a little and you get... Pull my finger a lot and you get... You are so gross. But if he wants to get the girl, he's first got to overcome the jealous boyfriend. And don't even think about talking to Andrea. And his own... Mr. Wilson! Uh, anxieties? He's got to choose between the girl of his dreams. Do you like my body? Gee, let me think. Yes. And the love of his life. Will Artie be able to keep his chin up and his cheeks closed? What's up with you and that girl, Andrea? It's pronounced Andrea. I'm not the one sitting in a bar turning to alcohol for comfort. From director Matt Berman comes an explosive romantic comedy. Starring Heather McComb. Christine Steele, Kevin Farley, John Farley, and Seth Walther in Bart the Movie. Hey! Ow! What the hell was that for? What's the deal with your ass, man? It's fucking horrendous. And people made that. People got employed to go and make that film. I haven't even seen the video of it, and I know I don't want to watch it. Well... I I I just don't get it. And now it did it did make me want to look a little further because I I recognised the the names at the end and I thought Farley Kevin Farley. So is is he got anything to do with fucking yeah? And and like like I know I don't know. Like I I didn't have that much time to kind of to kind of to 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 go into it. But does he have something to do with? 
with Farley. That's your homework for next week. I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be it. Is and, Kevin so, Farley related to Chris Farley? It, well, either Chris Farley or one of the Farley brothers. The Farley dynasty. Do you know what? Like it, it but I just it it kind of surprised me, and I've never heard of it before. And it had that. It has such a really, really high following. <laughs> like I like Rotten Tomatoes and, and like Amazon and stuff. Like people really love this fucking movie. Do you remember the movie came out about fifteen years ago? Something called uh, something like Thunderpants, and it was a kid yeah. that can fart really powerful. Christ on him! So somebody put that to put on to watch as a grown adult. I cannot no. Um, <laughs> is that all your five? Yeah, that's it. Well, there's only four, but there's a lot of content there, Paul. Go fuck yourself. Well, I'm I'm gonna go watch Fart the movie for next week. Yeah, on YouTube. That's part of the movie. It's, I, I don't know. It's like I've not, but this, fact, this better, this better knock my fucking socks off, Paul. I found you a real life Rambo. Is it Sam Neill? No, it's not Sam Neill. Is it Ramona? <laughs> no. It is we all know that Sylvester, Sylvester Sloan's Ramona as well. It is a gentleman called Raul Perez. Benavides. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? Born in 1935. He is a fucking machine. This came from uh, going through the war stuff, so World War One, and then I found one about a guy called, uh, a young lad called Jack Cornwell, um, who was one of the youngest recipients of the Victoria Cross. Uh, but I, I can assume uh, what kind of conversation it would be regarding the British military with you, so we're going to go for the American military instead. Oh! So, Whoa! Oh, I, have, I have ancestors who were in the British military. <laughs> we voted for Obama. <laughs> we uh, we we ostracized him, of course. <laughs> we kicked him out of the family, but he they're still lonely. there. <laughs> he died lonely in the shed. <laughs> so Roy, Roy to his friends, joined the National Guard. Um, I'm gonna very. I'm gonna skip over it here until we get, get to the juicy stuff. Right, you ready for this? Go for it. I found you a real life Rambo. I know how much you like Rambo. 1965. Yes, Roy was Roy Benavides was sent to South uh, South Vietnam, and he was an advisor. Um, he stepped on a landmine during a patrol, and he was evacuated to the United States. So again, you can see where this is going. So you think that's mm-hmm. the end of his that that was the end of his war? Nope, he jumped Fuck. on a plane. Fuck no. No. He got injured, like I say, lost the use of his legs, and he was um, he was basically medically discharged to say, you're not going to walk again. Roy used to get out of his bed at night in the hospital, crawl to the wall with his elbows and his chin, and start standing himself up with his crippled legs to start basically doing his own physiotherapy. And he did that for a yeah. year. He did that for a year, crawling out of his bed every night, because the doctors won't give him physio. That says you're a lost cause. We're not going to bother. So he got out of bed, and all the other, all the other soldiers in the ward were cheering him on, doing it all all night. Cause he was doing that. So he finally learned to walk, and he walked out the hospital with his wife. Wonderful story. The end. No. In May 1968, he flew back. Well, excuse me. It was in a patrol in Vietnam where he'd gone back into the army, and they found out that a special forces patrol had been pinned down by the NVA. 
he heard on the radio that they needed help. All he had on him was a medical pack and a knife, and he ran and jumped on board one of the helicopters that went in. <laughs> he, la- he landed there, and I'm going to read you. I'm going to be very quick about this, okay? Where's your source? Get your source. Um, the United States military. Um, <laughs> General Patton this, told me this. This, <laughs> this was um, the official award citation. Um, you'd assume it was signed by uh, by Reagan. So basically, he jumped on the helicopter, flew in. Three helicopters were there. One what crashed. Year? What year? What year? Nin- what year? 1968. South 2nd of May, 1968. Lyndon B. Johnson, then? Oh, Reagan gave him the medal. This, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, something happened. <laughs> Reagan oh. was going to give him the medal of honor. <laughs> um, he voluntarily boarded the, the aircraft to return to assist with extraction. Uh, he ran 75 meters. Oh, he jumped from a hovering helicopter with no rope, ran 75 meters under small arms fire, got to his team. He was wounded in the leg, face and head. He then helped other people, helped them back to the crash, got the wounded. He went and found sensitive information, sensitive documents, burnt them or destroyed them or threw, brought them back. Throwed smoke grenades as um, decoys and covering fire. Um, he was then shot again. Um, he found the team leader who was um, injured. At that time, he was injured in the abdomen grenade. All this going on within six hours. Um, he was then under fire. At then one point, one of the NVA fighters got up close, stabbed him with his bayonet. So <laughs> Roy Roy killed him with his bare hands. Um, that's what I that's what I would have done, Paul. And then he got injured again in the thigh. I'm paraphrasing here. Please go look for Roy Benavides. It's an amazing story. He was injured in the thigh with small arms fire while giving first aid to somebody else. Got to the aircraft, got out, um, killed another two people when an aircraft. Anyway, basically, the guy just fucking took on. It went into a war zone voluntarily with nothing but a knife and a medical pack. He got, um, all in all, 38 different injuries that day while he was under attack. Saved all these people's lives. Got back home, wasn't given the Medal of Honor because nobody was alive to validate the story. It was given a second second highest. Until, I thought you were going to say I thought, I thought you were going to say something really bad there that because he was black or something like that there like that it was just some real bad racism stuff going on. No, 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 no. I, I like happy stories tonight. I'm a good one tonight. He um, basically this guy in 1973 the stories came out. People were really pushing to have his um, the Medal of Honor um, from his special recognition upgraded to the Medal of Honor and says no nobody's alive oh sorry distinguished service cross upgraded they said the board said we need an eyewitness at that time there was a living witness who apparently was in the team he was evacuated thinking he was dead um, and he actually managed to save his life he went to live in Fiji flew to Australia on holiday at the time he saw the news report about this guy Immediately got in touch with them and said, I was there that day. I can back up everything the man did. And then so that ended up in 1981. Ronald Reagan presented it with a Medal of Honor. And do you know what is, uh, and he died, an old man. Not Hold so on. Whoa, 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 wh
somebody who has had such an unbelievable life, you know, somebody who could literally get dropped in the middle of a jungle with a knife and a med pack and, and, and slaughter like 50 people. He has to have died the stupidest light or stupidest <laughs> Did he like get poisoned like, by mayonnaise? He get poisoned like, by mayonnaise or something? <laughs> is this like choked on a prawn in a Chinese restaurant at a buffet? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm expecting. I'm expecting this. I'm, I'm no, really. No, no. There's no twist to this. There's no twist to this. He died. Oh, he was 63 in 1998. Respiratory failure and diabetes. It was. It was getting on a bit. But basically, he won five Purple Hearts, a Medal of Honor, a bunch of other medals. He's one of the most distinguished um, soldiers in history. And I, I, after we talked about Rambo and stuff, and when I saw that, where the, the little link was real life Rambo, and you read the story so was, about this, was Ram was Rambo based on him? I'm not too sure. I don't think so. They've just said he's a real life Rambo. Basically, it was a guy that ran into a battlefield with with a knife and killed a lot of people. The best bit about this though is that I'm going to leave it is. When he was on the battlefield and they killed them all and they brought, he'd, he phoned in an airstrike, he cleared the area, he was dying, he had 38, he'd been stabbed and everything like that. He was put in a body bag because they believed he was dead along with all the other soldiers. Just as, just as they were, just as they were zipping him up, Roy, Raoul, used his last bit of energy to spit in the face of the doctor to let him know he was still alive. <laughs> Uh, what, what a man! A what a lad. man! And I just that. Why isn't that a film? That Michael Bay <laughs> six hours of hell. Roy Benavides. It is, it, it, it is a film. It's called Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was uh, no. That was I, I love that story, and that, I wouldn't have even found out about him if I hadn't started uh, going down the rabbit hole. Uh, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. So that was our journey into the James Cameron rabbit hole where you can uh, see I enjoyed that. I mean, to be honest, it's probably something that I've always done quite a lot anyway. Um, you know, everybody you know, knows some useless information about somebody doing something somewhere. Everybody does. Yeah. And if now you can pass on this uh, little bit of information about Back to the Future not being touched with a bad badge pole in its first uh First round about Hollywood, or you can take away the tale of Roy, Raul, Roy Benavides, then, uh, or Kesha, or Kesha in Fart the Movie. Or Kesha being in Fart the Movie. I think we need to, uh, we need to have a watch that for a future episode. Need to investigate, need to investigate that, need to investigate that. Do you think it's been released on 4K Blu-ray yet? Of course. (laughs) I would (laughs) watch it. It's on on Amazon somewhere now. Right. I've got a little bit of a quiz for you. Let's go. Now. Most profitable, most bankable movie stars. So okay. every now and then they always release a list of people who um, the cumulative total of all the films worldwide, or maybe even domestic, I'm not too sure. But anyway, cumulative total, um, oh yeah, worldwide, of the films that that actor or actress has been in um, will show how bankable they are as a star. Okay, So I've got a list here. I'm going to do it slightly different for you because it's a bit too easy considering uh, various Marvel things. I want you to name people inside the top 20 who have not been in a Marvel film. So, think of an actor. Right. Think of an actor whose cumulative total of box office uh, receipts is the highest, but they haven't been in a Marvel film. Two of them are a bit tricky, I would say. 
Um, but just have a guess. Throw some names out there. Uh, okay. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is, um, this is the overall list. Number four. 5.57 billion cumulative box office, uh, total. Um, pretty much a lot to do with Toy Story, but, um, Forrest Gump's done a fair bit, Castaway did a fair bit. So yeah, uh, in the overall list, Tom Hanks is four. In this list, he is second. Okay. Um, non Marvel movies, not mar- non Disney movies. No, no, non Marvel. Because I'm saying non Marvel because Endgame. Yeah, 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 no, I get, yeah, yeah. So you just you just start naming everybody who are in Endgame. So um, I'm non Marvel, not not in Disney, just non non Marvel. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Overall list number seven. Um, what? Well, if you think he's been, he, he's boasts on average 108 million per film for a total of 5.4 billion, and that includes Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, The Fugitive, Patrick. If you think a lot of this stuff was like R-rated and it was quite, it was sort of like more mature thrillers and stuff, yeah. wasn't it? So, well, the start, the Carson fucking Ford, yeah, well, Indiana, Jones, Indiana Jones, Fugitive. Fucking yeah. Star Wars. I wouldn't have said... I don't, in fact, I'm going to look up that. But yeah, no, well, if you think, it was in Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, which probably took at the box office, what, a billion in total? Yeah, but then he was in Force Awakens as well. Force Awakens took over a billion. Two billion. 1.7, maybe two. So that's still uh, three billion uh, in his uh, second five. So another two and a half, another two and a half billion on Indiana Jones films and uh, Jack Ryan movies. That's not bad. I, I was going oh, to look. Cruise, cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Tom Cruise is there. I think he's all the way down. He's 17th on this one. He's quite low down. But again, you've got to consider. <laughs> yeah, but when you consider there's Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, Vin Diesel, just oh, because oh, of... Oh, right, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Top Gun, Few Good Men, Rain Men, um, 4.45 billion total haul. On average, $101 million per movie. Mission Impossible. So I um, give you a couple? Well, let me have one more. Okay. I, I, will... thought of, I thought of someone. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is a bit lower down than I've seen his name on here. It's just below Don Cheadle. $4.3 billion. Um, Don Cheadle, close, close personal friend. John Cheadle, close personal friend, the, of course, the, uh, monkey to the Don Cheadle A-list. Um, yeah, he's 4.3, but again, if you take off two, if you take off about three billion, three and a half billion, it doesn't leave him much afterwards, but, um, one of them is somebody who has been in Star Wars. Uh, old Star Wars? I'm not saying anymore. Carrie Fisher? Nope. Warwick Davis? You don't see a lot of him. See through, uh, Anthony Daniels? Yes, Anthony Daniels. He has only done 15 films, which is why you don't see a lot of him. Um, <laughs> they have all totaled 5.57 billion, on average 371 million 
because all 15 of those films contain Star Wars themes. He has been in every single Star Wars. Um, but Sam, ha- Sam Jackson's going to be number one, isn't he? Sam Jackson is number one with RDJ number two. The third one is quite... Uh, again, I could give you the same clue. You don't see a lot of him, but he's been in a lot of big films. Okay, leave it. Give me a second. Yep. So, Sam Jackson, RDJ... This guy has... Who has been in franchises? Franchises, franchise movies. Yep. Uh, Was he in Batman? Uh, No. Uh, I was going to say Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman? (laughs) Now you mention him. Uh, Number (laughs) eight. Number eight. Oh. Shawshank, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, Liam Murray, 5.13 at the box office. Who is it? Who's number three? Um, he has been in, I'm going to start giving you clues. The new, okay. the new Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit. Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Uh, oh, I didn't think of that. Third overall, uh, his portfolio of films has earned 5.68 billion at the box office. Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, Planet of the Apes, Star Wars, uh, King Kong as well. On average, uh, the films he is in make 189 million dollars each. So I just thought that was quite interesting looking at it without the yeah. Marvel films in, because obviously the, the other guys, are, you can't sort of. To be honest, I couldn't consider, with all due respect, to a Scarlett Johansson being the sixth. Most bankable star in the in the world, just because. Well, let's of, be honest. Let's be honest. Have you got any interest in the Scarlet's movie for Marvel? Black Black Widow. Uh, the the only interest I have is seeing what it means for the movies coming up. But it, should it mean any? But should it mean anything really? Considering you know she's dead. <sighs> Is she? <laughs> of course she's fucking dead. <laughs> Look, you've got Soul Stones, you've got Time Stones, you've got Multiverses, you've got Red Rooms, you've got uh, Clones, you've got Super Serum, you've got a, Marvel have got a lot of options for bringing her back. Well, here, here, here's a question. I, here's a good question. Here's a good question. Who... What character are you looking forward to seeing most in the new Marvel 2.0? Um, probably Moon Knight. I'm supposed to be doing that. Have you heard of Moon Knight? Okay. It's like okay. a, it's like a violent Batman sort of, you know, dark vigilante bit of. Bit of <laughs> you say you part. say that like Batman's not violent. <laughs> um, no, I think this guy actually murders. Uh, but I've, the stuff I've right, been reading right. about it, the imagery, basically Moon Knight is like this, you know, this this nighttime vigilante. But I think he's got some sort of superpower or whatever. Um, you've got the, is it the Black Knight? He's supposed to show Captain Britain. They've, apparently, they've, there's rumours of Captain Britain. <laughs> I'm serious. I want to see. I want to see a Captain Britain. I want to see Simon Pegg. Fuck up. I want to see Simon Pegg as Captain Britain. I want to see Provo Joe. That's what I want to see. I want to see Provo Joe <laughs> from Northern Ireland. I'm going to fuck I'm going to fuck and blow this shit everybody, like, you know what I mean, like? I'm Provo Joe from Derry. 
Do you oh, think that you're laughing at the concept of Captain Britain? Hi. Do you Fuck not believe? Off. Do you not believe there is a Captain Britain? No, I know there is because I played fucking Marvel superheroes. <laughs> no, I, I want to see Simon Pegg. I want. I'd love to see Simon Pegg as Captain Britain. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg's like fifty year old now. Like Simon yeah, Pegg won't be doing. So is Paul Rudd. Fucking. So is Paul Rudd. Evergreen. Paul Rudd's evergreen. So is Simon Pegg. Ish. No, he's not. Um, I, I, I like the look of the Eternals as well. What about your man Adam? What about your man Adam from the end of Adam, uh, Adam Two? Yeah. What? Who would I have? Or well, I, because he had he had, he held one of the Infinity Stones as well in in, right. in the comics. All right, so yeah. I haven't read the comics that much. I'll read up bits of them, but I've never read. I think he's going to show up in Guardians of the Galaxy Three, but I'm I'm not. Will, a big yeah, fan. I think so. At some point, at some point, you will. I've seen a lot of talk about. Is it Nova? Mm-hmm. Nova, and he comes from Xandar, and he was. Is it Richard Ryder? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's Nova? Um, I'm hoping that the reason we didn't see the destruction of Xandar in Endgame is because that's going to be the origin story for Nova. So when they bring Nova into it, we get to see Thanos again. Trashing the planet, taking the power stone, Nova gets left for dead, and I, I want that. That'd be a nice little tie-in. Um, who's uh, Who's the boy from Atlantis in Marvel? Mamoa. No. Boy from Atlantis. Yeah, he comes from Atlantis. Nemo. Is that what you just said? Nemo. Nemo. N a m o. N a m o r. Captain Nemo. None of Captain fucking Nemo. What the fuck are you talking about? A Marvel character. He was in the Illuminati. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Nemo the... Namo the Submariner. Is it my accent? No. Well, I've known you long enough. Like, I, I think it basically, was fucking... It's, basically, it's Marvel's Aquaman. Maybe I'm not pronouncing it right. Maybe it is my accent. But N-A-M-O-R. No, new to me. Right, apparently he is um, Marvel's Aquaman. He was in the Illuminati with Professor X, uh, Black Panther, and he's apparently getting lined up to be the bad guy slash anti-hero of Black Panther 2. Do you remember in Endgame when they were on the holograms giving their updates when it said five years later? And um, one of the women from Black Panther, she was there saying to him uh, how there'd been an earthquake off the coast of Africa. Well, the the rumour is that that earthquake is the snap that has caused Atlantis to re-emerge. And this guy's pissed because Wakanda didn't protect Atlantis. Somewhat along those lines. Um, And apparently that guy does... That's interesting. interesting. Apparently Namor does get linked in. He was in the Illuminati. He was one of the ones, from what I've read, he was one of the ones that um, decided to send Hulk to uh, Sakaar in the first place to, you know, cast him off Earth, which causes World War Hulk. Apparently he's one of the ones in the Illuminati with Professor X and, and Reed Richards that decide, and Tony Stark that decides to send him away. So um, if they bring in a sort of like a proper badass version of Aquaman, because we talked, I think we were texting about this today, didn't we? Aquaman. The film for me, people what the fuck? Blow the loads what the fuck over does it. he do? It's terrible. It's shite. Like, well, you know, it, my whole kind of thing with Aquaman is 
I, I, I love Jason Momoa, his physique, you know, his, you know, his, his bodiness, all that, all that jazz. Like, but men like, want to be him. Women want to be with him. You know, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. You know, obviously, I rewatched Justice League this morning because my daughter wanted to see Wonder Woman and superheroes, and it left me very, very annoyed. It left me with a lot of questions. Um, See, I was thinking this after rewatching Suicide Squad the other day because. Yeah, they're two films that we've been talking about recently. And I was going to suggest this to you, actually, for Suicide Squad, but you've just said, I think we need to look at Justice Justice League and Suicide Squad again, knowing what we know about what oh. the directors have said, take out, has been cut, has been re-put in. I think we should look at these with fresh eyes, and I think we need to uh, we need to make a special out of these. What do you think? 100%. 100%. Because... Sunday, uh, baby. Yeah, it's... It, it, I mean, I... You know... I don't go into, you know me, I don't go into a movie wanting to hit it. I don't, I do not want to go into a movie wanting no. to hit it. But I, I genuinely know within 10 minutes if I'm going to hit it or not. Like, I genuinely know if I'm going to hate the movie or not. And I, yeah, sorry, Paul. No, 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 you go ahead. No, sorry, I, I had that sit. I went to see Ghostbusters 2016 at the cinema. And mm-hmm. I went into that thinking, I'm not going to listen to those dickheads on the internet yep. that, have, that, yep. that don't want to see yep. a film yep. just because the, per, the the person with the ghost busting has a vagina. I don't give a fuck about that. What mm. I didn't want was bridesmaids with ghosts. And do you know what we got? Bridesmaids yeah. with ghosts. And I but fucking it hate wasn't it. Bridesmaids. The, but, but do you know what? We didn't even get bridesmaids with ghosts because bridesmaids was a fucking funny, unbelievably no. funny movie. No, it, it was. I loved it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fucking no, love Bridesmaids. I thought Bridesmaids was I, very I, funny. Yeah, I I saw it with uh, one of the Moody's cows this ta- this side of the fucking North Sea. So uh, maybe my experience of it was. But to be honest, I'm not the one for like yeah, toilet jokes and stuff. I, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I just wasn't in the mood for it. I don't think I've never watched it again since, just because I fucking hated it. And I just thought with Ghostbusters, it's like. Please don't be the same thing. I don't want to watch four women or four men improvise. Wolf of Wall Street, I'll say the same thing about them. They're all men. Half an hour could have been cut off that film because I don't want to sit and watch people improvise for half an hour. I want to see them do, make yeah. a film. I, I, I want to follow a script that's been well thought out and well comedy timed. And if that's your joke, I don't want to sit and watch you and your mates have fun and just stick it in the film because it's so good I couldn't edit it out. Fuck off. But it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, but it wasn't that it even was because it was women. It, it, no, no, it was a fucking bad, it was a bad movie. It was a, it was a very, very, very bad movie. Ghostbusters. I, yeah, oh yeah, I went, I I took the wee man to go see Ghostbusters because I fucking love the original. I fucking love Ghostbusters 2. I, I love Bridesmaids. I loved, you know, uh, you know, the Saturday Night uh, Live kind of aspect to what they brought to uh, the new Ghostbusters. And I thought, you know what? If anything, it's going to be funny. You know, if anything, it'll be funny. You know, that's that's the one thing. If it, if it was yeah. anything, it would be funny. And it just fucking wasn't. You know, Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon, yeah, Kate McKinnon had a few really good lines in it, and you know, you could see her kind of ad libbing, uh, you know, a lot to it. But, jeez, uh, it was just poor. 
It was just yeah. poor. And you know, I seen I, mean, I seen the trailer to to the latest Ghostbusters, and I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about that either. I think it's going to come across better. I think that's going to be more Casper than Ghostbusters. I think it's kids who are in this farm in the middle of nowhere find a ghost. It's going to be something like that. I I, I don't know what, but I I hope. I don't know. I, I'll go watch it. It's fucking Ghostbusters. Let's go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I took off percent. I mean, the, the the 2016 one when you have Dan Aykroyd turning up, uh, you have Bill Murray. He just didn't want to be there. He just did not want to be there. Ernie Hudson was that was biggest role Ernie Hudson's probably had for, for a I few would, weeks. I would love to know how much Bill Murray got paid for that. Oh, I'd be talking million, million plus. Yeah, Must you're talking been. one, two, three million just just to fucking show his face and that. And if someone turned around to you and went, you, "You're going to work for three days, and you're going to get three million dollars out of it," I, I, I'm going to fucking take that. That's fine. Oh, we want to do the stunt with you. No, stuntman filming from behind. See you later. It's fine, whatever. Yeah. But, but it didn't need to be in it. it I, I, I don't think any less of him for doing that. Um, Dan Aykroyd, to be honest, he was like, I think he was the one that was trying to get it all. He was the one who was have, really have, pushing have, to get a sequel made. And Have you seen what's happened, Paul? Have you seen what's happened? What? On our rabbit hole episode, we've fallen down another rabbit hole. We've fallen down a Ghostbusters rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, right, okay, yeah. Now we're serving a crack. You know, we're, we're just as specific. You got anything more? Uh, nope. Right, so, Sunday, we're going to watch Justice League. We're going to watch Suicide Squad. Is there a director's cut of Suicide Squad? Is it like an extended cut? There's something. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be out there by two years. <laughs> David Ayer! <laughs> He's pushing for it. He's really pushing uh, for it. Of course he is. What else is he doing? Fucking fury. I don't know. He's, He's got a stick in his fucking hand, sitting in fucking somewhere going, oh, please, Twitter campaign, please. Uh, it, even the release, the Snyder Cut lot are, are on the back of it now. They're picking it up and saying, let's roll with it, let's get this put out, and it's like... <sighs> Just give it a rest. I will still, I will still stick to my original. What is everybody going to say when the Snyder cut comes out and it's shite? Yes. And what's going to happen when David Ayer's cut for Suicide Squad comes out and it's shite? Well, you'll have had HBO Max by then, so still have got the money, aren't you? Yeah. I, my, the one I was sticking to was if it's not all right with James Gunn. Or how do we know if James Gunn's all right with it? And of course, James Gunn comes on Twitter and goes, yeah, I'm fine with it, yeah, whatever you want. And I just thought, why would Warner release Suicide Squads? Right, we'll talk about this on Sunday. We'll talk about this. We're going to talk about about release the Snyderverse. We're going to talk about hashtag get David Air paid. We're going to talk about Justice League, Suicide Squad, and then we'll decide what we're doing further down the line. Anything more from you? No. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.